This is TechCrunch. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. You're listening to The Daily Crunch. Today's story is brought to you by Deloitte, helping companies seize their moment. Deloitte's IPO execution services help companies prepare for their IPO. From planning through execution, Deloitte offers end-to-end support and a personalized approach. Deloitte.com slash US slash IPO dash COE. Digital health is growing fast, but at what cost? By Chris Hogg. Silicon Valley is obsessed with growth, and for digital health startups, that obsession is not only misguided, but dangerous. The prevailing idea in the tech industry is that to succeed, you have to be ready to sell your idea no matter how far along your idea really is. You're encouraged to believe in your product even when there's no product to believe in. And if you're disrupting the mattress industry or the eyewear sector, maybe that's okay. But digital health startups must be held to a different and higher standard. We touch people's lives, often when they're at their most vulnerable. The healthcare startups in the news recently, Theranos, Ubiome, Nurks, eClinical Works, Practice Fusion, seem to have lost sight of that crucial standard. We'll never know every detail of what happened in these organizations, but one thing seems clear. In the pursuit of growth, they've put the patient second and suffered as a result. Where we went wrong... In the early days of digital health, I think we were much more focused on the patient than we are now. When I think of the early digital health companies, not just Propeller, but Omada Health, WellDoc, Ginger.io, and Mango Health, all of their founders had an innate understanding of the importance of health outcomes. They craved proof that their product worked. They might have faked it a little bit when it came to their plans to scale. We all thought things would happen faster than they have. But when it came to research, they had answers or a concrete plan to get answers. My first conversation with Propeller's co-founder and CEO, David Van Sickle, was illustrative of this. I met David at the geekiest of health conferences, Health Data Palooza. We talked about how sensors on medicines could improve people's health. We talked about study designs and methods to generate data quickly in the real world, long before real-world evidence was all the buzz. We talked about a 500-person randomized controlled trial they were about to begin, immediately following FDA clearance of the system. We talked almost exclusively about how Propeller could improve people's lives and how to prove that it worked. So when did the digital health sector get away from that focus? And how do we get back to it? I have a few theories on what went wrong. First, it's incredibly difficult to prioritize the patient as a digital health company when your investors are pushing for growth above all else. At Propeller, we were very lucky to have investors who understood our focus on making a product that worked, especially when growth was slow. Early digital health companies were funded like tech companies, with small amounts of money at a time and a need to show significant progress in 18 to 24 months to get the next round of funding. 
In contrast, life science companies are funded more heavily from the start, knowing there's a long road ahead of product development and clinical validation. When I look at a company like Ubiome, which may have rushed its tests through physician approval to meet aggressive growth targets, I see the effects of a culture and funding environment that pushes companies to deliver on growth first and foremost, no matter the tactics it takes to do so. Second, we had a flood of founders and investors enter digital health from outside of healthcare. I think digital health absolutely needs people, ideas, and energy from outside the industry in order to change healthcare. But we also need everyone to learn the basics of how innovation occurs in a clinical setting. Product, then proof, then commercialization. Many of these new entrants were not just naive, they flaunted laws and traditional healthcare methods and people because they were deemed outdated and unnecessary. They were aiming for disruption, not integration, and in doing so were ignoring the vast set of protections and people that have been put in place to ensure public safety. The result is a glut of companies that have tried to scale growth before proving their product worked, which comes with tremendous risk. It can give patients and their physicians incorrect information leading to incorrect treatment. It can waste money on unneeded products. And it can impact the credibility of the entire digital health ecosystem. Rebuilding a culture of outcomes. To fix this, we have to change the way we think about success in digital health, and that responsibility falls on many different parties. The media has to be more critical of how it covers burgeoning digital health startups, prioritizing coverage of peer-reviewed research and proven outcomes over funding rounds and hiring numbers. The speaking circuit has to laud founders who can talk about how their products have changed people's lives for the better, rather than giving the main speaking slot to the biggest exit of the year. And the investor community has to be patient with its investments, understanding that true growth in healthcare takes time. And most of all, digital health startup founders have to be patient with themselves. I've been in the trenches of digital health. I know how hard it can be. But when things are tough and it's easy to lose focus, you have to think to yourself, do I want to be in the headlines for astonishing growth now and accusations of cutting corners in two years? Or am I okay with sacrificing temporary stardom for a product that actually helps people? This is not an easy choice to make. But if digital health is going to survive and scale, it's one we have to make on a daily basis. Move slowly and prove things. It's the only way to create the kind of long-term change we're seeking. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.